Hey, SCF Student Ministries, Devin here bringing you our second week of our waitlisted uh, series. Uh, we're, we're talking about this waiting and waiting and waiting and this idea of what that does for us and what that means uh, for our relationship with God and just how waiting can play into our, our lives. Um, so in youth group, I'm going to show you guys a video, um, but if you're at home listening to this, you can look up the video. It's called Cat Jenga. And no, it's not actual uh, like live cats. It's actually uh, like the heavy equipment, like cats, like the brand. Um, it's uh, some big excavators. Um, but um, what they're doing is they're playing. Uh, they're they're playing Jenga, and what they thought was going to be a demonstration for how like sturdy the equipment is and how well it works. Um, they it actually ended up going for twenty eight hours. Um, it was just meant to showcase the abilities, right? And it went on for so long. By the end, there were 13 layers of blocks and it was 20 feet high. Um, so I'm guessing you've probably never played a 28-hour game of Jenga, um, but I want you to think about what's the longest game that you've ever played. Um, and I don't know about you, but if I'm going to invest that much time into a game, uh, I'd better win at the end. Like, I, I don't want to waste my time, right? to spend so much time on something and then have it end in disappointment, that kind of sucks, right? Um, I, My best example that I have is uh, every year when we used to go to the, the family camp, uh, especially when we were at Prineville, uh, there was a group of us that would always end up playing like Monopoly or Risk or something like that. And there was one year in particular that we played a game of Risk that I we played it for, it must have been nine hours that day. Uh, it took nine hours to finish the game. Um and I ended up getting second, which is just about the worst thing you could. I would have rather gotten out first at that point and just been done with it. But I waited all the way until the very the whole nine hours, and then I lose, right? Uh, which, yeah, it was it was not great. Um, another time that I um, waited for something and then it, it ended up not being so great. It was actually kind of recently. It was kind of funny. Um, for the last year or two, we've been. Uh, every year I go on this trip for uh, George Fox track team um, that I coach on and uh, and uh, we we go to California and practice there and have some meets down down in Santa Barbara area um, but our one part of our drive um, goes near where they film the show the office which is one of my favorite shows and uh, there was a group of people on the track team that were super excited and loved the show too. And they actually, you can see the set in the building where they film and we were all super excited. And then this year we found out that the hotel we were staying at in Burbank uh, was very close to uh, where the set was about 15 minutes just from just a mile away. Um, so we're like, okay, awesome. Like before we head to Santa Barbara, which is where we were going the next day, we're going to stop by. We're going to see the office set. It's going to be awesome. This is like what we've been waiting for like a year for. And we finally get there and it was just the biggest letdown. Cause it was just like, it was just not a very good neighborhood and it smelled really bad. And, uh, the building was kind of blocked. Like it was cool. You could tell that it, that's what the building was, but like just not at all what we expected to be right. It was pretty disappointing to, to, to wait all this time. And then uh, when it finally got there, it was just kind of our expectations were kind of just like a little bit shattered. Um, so ask, I'm going to ask you guys at home, um, have you ever been disappointed by something you spent a long time waiting for? And what was it? Just think to yourself what that might have been. Um, sometimes the struggle is really real, right? Um, when... Uh, Maybe you know what it's like for the for life to surprise you with a big loss or turn of events or disappointment. Um, when these surprises hit, we're often left waiting and wondering 
uh, questions like, why did this happen? How long will I feel this way? How do I fix it? Can anyone help me? Or maybe even where is God while I'm going through this, right? Um, So today I want to talk to you about how to survive some of these times of disappointment and crisis and where God is when we're waiting for things to turn around. Um, So I'm going to start with this exercise. I'm going to give you a couple of examples and then we're going to revisit this later. But there's uh, some hypothetical questions of or situations that we might go through um and i'm going to use the phrases when and you might feel as kind of our how to separate these questions so the ones that i came up with just for example uh when your parents divorce you might feel uncertain Uh, when you lose a big game you might feel ashamed when your loved one gets sick you might feel afraid and when you make a big mistake you might feel defeated so in many of these situations um I just listed these hypothetical things. The disappointment or crisis is followed by a time of waiting. Uh, You might be waiting to feel better or to get a second chance or to see if your situation will improve. Um, Or maybe you're waiting to see if God will help you. And while you're waiting, you might wonder, can God really be trusted? Does God really actually care? Can God even see me? And if God really loves me, why am I still waiting? Um, And if you can relate at all to any of those, you're not alone. Uh, so I'm going to introduce you to someone from the, from the Bible who knows a lot about surviving major moments of crisis and disappointment. Um, and if you're familiar with the Bible, there's a good chance you've heard of the Apostle Paul. So Paul spent his whole life uh, following God. As a young Jewish man, he was a high-achieving religious student of his time. But his story took its first major turn during the early years of Christianity when the message of Jesus was first beginning to spread. And as a religious leader in the Jewish faith, Paul did not follow the teachings of Jesus. In fact, he believed the followers of Jesus were enemies of God. This belief drove Paul to defend his faith by imprisoning and even killing Christians. But then something significant happened in Paul's life. He had a personal encounter with God and surrendered his life to Jesus. When Paul met Jesus... He couldn't have predicted what God had had in store for him. Paul eventually became one of the greatest Christian influencers of all time. He wrote much of the New Testament uh, that we read now and was a significant leader of the early church. And he was responsible for bringing the message of Jesus into new parts of the world that had not been reached yet. And despite everything good God had in store for Paul, Paul's life after turning toward Jesus held pretty difficult moments as well, including some big crisis and lots of waiting. Uh, One of the major ways that Paul was often waitlisted during his life was by being sent to prison, which is pretty ironic after he spent so much time of his life either throwing followers of Jesus into prison. Um, And that's exactly where Paul ended up. Um, So even though Paul had changed his beliefs about Jesus, many of the government and religious leaders of the day had not. And in their eyes, allowing someone to spread the message of Jesus was a threat to their power, control, and understanding of God. So they tried to imprison and sometimes kill influential followers of Jesus. So in total, Paul spent about five years of his life in prison for spreading the message of Jesus. So think about, I mean, five years is a long time to, to spend in prison. And while he was there, I wonder if he ever thought like, God, how am I how am I supposed to fill, fulfill your plans for my life if I keep getting thrown in jail every time things start going well, I end up behind bars, like start asking questions like what are you doing? Why aren't you stopping this? Is God even listening to me? He has God's told him these promises he has for his life, but it just every time he does it he ends up in jail. Um 
So we can read about one of these occasions in the book of Acts. Uh, Acts is a book in the Bible that recounts how the good news of Jesus spread around the world and uh, how the early church began to grow and what happened to some of the key church leaders of the time, like Paul. Uh, Acts chapter uh, 16, it tells us about one of Paul's journeys to Macedonia and what happened to him there, along with his friend Silas. So we're going to read a couple sections from that, Acts chapter 16. Uh, The first part is verses 6 through 10. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Uh, And then we're going to skip ahead to um, 16 through 24. Uh, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So hopefully you caught all that. If not, go back and read. It was Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10, and then 16 through 24. Uh, After a long journey where God finally leads Paul uh, and his group to Macedonia, they face a major crisis. Paul and Silas are beaten and thrown into jail for preaching the message of Jesus to these people. Uh, this chapter tells us God clearly led Paul and his friends to Macedonia to share the gospel. So if God led them there, why did they end up in prison? I mean, did they did they make a mistake? Did God make a mistake? Or did God put them in prison on purpose? And while scripture doesn't tell us why God allowed Paul and Silas to be thrown into prison, it does make it clear that God didn't want them to stay there. So if we keep reading, we're going to be longer section, 25 through 40. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke to the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. 
He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens and threw us into prison. And now they do they want to get rid of us quietly? No, let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. So Paul and Silas were interrupted by disappointment and crisis. They were waiting for God's rescue, and they got it. But in the meantime, they still found a reason to worship, even while they were they waited and wondered what would happen next. And God showed up in a miraculous way. God rescued Paul and Silas from the prison, but that's not the only miracle that happened that night. God rescued the jailer and his entire family, too, with the message of Jesus. And even when they were waiting for God's rescue, Paul and Silas trusted God hadn't abandoned them. While they waited, they worshipped. And after they were rescued, they got right back to work and what God's plan was for their lives. And so during this time of like worship where they're singing, um, I don't know which songs Paul and Silas were singing in prison, um, but I bet it would be something like this passage we're going to read. And it's, it's from the book of Psalms, which is a collection of songs to God written mostly by David. Um, so if you go to Psalms, we're going to be in chapter 9. Uh, the first couple of verses says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I'll be glad and rejoice in you. I'll sing the praises of your name, O Most High. And then in verses 9 through 11, it says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. So even when Paul and Silas were waiting in prison, wondering what God was going to do next, they found a reason to worship. And they knew God could be trusted. They trusted God was with them through this time. And they believed God would be faithful to them no matter what happened. And they were right. God was faithful to Paul and Silas while they waited in prison. And while we're waiting, God is faithful to us too. Faithful means to be loyal, constant, steadfast, and never end, never failing. That's who Paul and Silas knew God to be. So who is God to us? Remember at the beginning of this uh, talk, we, we had uh, some of those when you're when and you might feel uh, I gave you four of those situations. So now we're going to add one more part to it. Um, we're going to add, but God is a uh, God is what scenario, right? So when your parents divorce, you might feel uncertain, but God is unchanging. When you lose a big game, you might feel ashamed, but God is your strength. When a loved one gets sick, you might feel afraid, but God is your hope. When you make a big mistake, you might feel defeated, but God is your savior. It's never easy to experience disappointment in crises like these, but just like Paul and Silas, we can always find a reason to have hope and joy because God is faithful. When you're waiting for hope or rescue, number one, God can be trusted. 
The Bible is filled with evidence of God's trustworthiness. So if you need more encouragement, go and see what you can find in the Bible. Read for yourself and read about the trustworthiness of God. Number two, God is with you. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to us. The Spirit is how God comforts us, speaks to us, leads us, and helps us to grow. Number three, and lastly, God is faithful to you no matter what happens. Paul and Silas were rescued from prison, but they chose to sing to God even when they weren't sure what their futures held. They understood that God is faithful to us even when we're waiting and even when things don't turn out the way we hope. Um, I can tell you these things with confidence, not just because the Bible tells me so, but because I've never seen them, uh, or because I've I've seen them to be true in my own life as well. Um, it's... It's difficult for us to see, I mean, unless we've gone through it, but I mean, I can tell you for, for through experience and through hearing other people's stories that even though we might have a time of personal crises, um, time of disappointment, whatever it might be, um, whether when we're waiting for God to do something, um, when we have questions that we're asking while you wait, and we can see throughout all those times that God is faithful to us throughout our waiting I don't know what disappointments or crises you're facing right now or that you've currently faced or that you're going to face. Um, but when you find yourself waiting for God to rescue you, I hope that you remember what we talked about today, that while you're waiting, God is faithful to you. God is faithful to you even when you're not faithful to God, even when you're losing hope, even when you're filled with questions, and even when you're tired of waiting. So when you're waiting for God's rescue, here's what I hope you'll do. Uh, I'm going to give you four things, but number one, trust that God is with you, like God was with Paul and Silas. Number two, pray while you wait, even if the only thing you can say to God is to ask why or say help. That can be enough. Number three, worship while you wait. I know it's not easy uh, to find hope or joy when you're discouraged or disappointed or afraid or sad, whatever it is. It's not easy to worship God when you feel abandoned by God, but when you choose to hang on to hope and joy in the midst of darkness, I think you'll see your faith start to grow. And lastly, remember God's faithfulness. How has God been faithful to you in the past? Well, down, while, or write down those stories and remember them. How has God been faithful to others in the past? Scripture is filled with those stories. Spend time reading and reflecting on them. So as we close today, I want to encourage you guys to practice all four of these things. Trust, pray, worship, remember. Um, It's something to work on this week. Um, God was faithful to Paul and Silas, and while we're waiting, God is faithful to us too. I hope that you guys uh, can remember this and uh, really just look it over, and, and I hope this is an encouragement to you guys that that God is faithful to us, that I hope that you can find encouragement to understand this uh, when we're going through stuff because we're all going to. I hope you know that God is faithful to you and that you have people in your life that you can turn to that can help you through these things. Um, I'm always available to anyone that needs um, help. I can do what I can. I can pray with you. I can talk things through with you, um, whatever you need. Um, but the big important thing is that God is faithful to us. Uh, So I hope that is an encouragement to you and I will see you guys next time.